The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, this is Austin from Boise, Idaho, Negro Amigo of the show, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dalimore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Happy Thursday, everybody. <laughs> Episode 165 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, the jovial, jolly, jelly rolled Jesse Dalamore. Now, this is all just right off the top of my head. Sitting across from the lovely yet super tired because it's 12.18 a.m. on Thursday, Brittany Page. Don't talk about how things are done behind the scenes. What are you, I'm not talking about how they're done. I'm talking about when they're done. Okay. Don't <laughs> give out the secrets about what goes on here is and how a, things work. How in the fiddling... How is that a secret? I'm trying to convey something. A little mystery or professionalism. No. what You, you, you usually use a phrase to describe what I'm referring to. Are you talking about how the sausage is made? I am, <laughs> but I didn't want to hear that phrase, so I was trying to you know, get around it, but I I don't feel like you were catching on. So before we move on, let me talk a little bit about how the sausage is made and implore the audience to participate in the making of this sausage. We do a Thanksgiving episode every year. And by we do one every year, it means we did one last year and we're doing one this year again, where I compile a bunch of different recorded recorded submissions of uh, of our audience, of our listening audience, and I put them together in what turned out to be last year a very heartwarming thing. Peace. Soundbite, I guess. It makes me cry when I hear it. Yeah, it's really good. So I actually put it on YouTube, and it's pinned. It's the top post on our Facebook page. So if you want to listen to it, go to there and you can, it, it's linked there and just click on it. You can listen to what it was and then go 657-464-7609 or, or more higher quality audio would be emailing us a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. I really want to do this again this year. It was so fucking beautiful last year. And I think it would be an awesome addition for our Thanksgiving episode, which is filled with bountiful positivity. It is a profanity-free episode, a negativity-free episode on Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. And also, I want to say to our European listeners and our global listeners, Australia, 
Brazil, all across the globe. This isn't, although it is on American Thanksgiving, it's not just for Americans. If you'd like to sound off with what you're thankful for, please do it. We want to include you too. Again, 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. Obviously, I am a producer of a podcast, Brittany and I. Clearly, it's obvious to everyone that we are podcasters. Wouldn't wouldn't you say? I, I think that's correct. <laughs> I need I need uh, ad- I need uh, assurance that I'm saying the right things here. You are okay. Well, I'm also a consumer of podcasts. Mm. Yeah, a voracious consumer, Brittany Page. Okay. And this week I listened to one, one of my very favorites, and it completely blew me away. Yeah, it did. Because I'm a guy, as the audience well knows, who has pretty strong opinions. No. I'm not completely entrenched and steadfast in those aforementioned opinions. Mm -hmm. But I I would like to say that I have reasons and good reasons to believe the things that I believe. Yes. Well, this, this week's episode of Liar City, which if you're not subscribed to Liar City, you really need to... Figure yourself out. Yeah, you should get on that. Fucking subscribe to that show because it is nothing short of spectacular every single episode. uh, Brian, Bren, and Darian, they don't miss a beat. Every single thing they do is on point. Entertaining and informational. And that's where this leads us. This week, they did an episode on Michael Jackson. And... It was supposed to be like a debate episode where they were going to just talk about their different opinions about whether or not Michael Jackson did indeed or did not indeed molest kids. Mm -hmm. And this is super impromptu that we're even talking about this. Otherwise, I would have gotten Brian to come on and talk about it. So he's going to listen to this and find out that uh, I had this opinion. But... uh, at the onset of the episode, he right up front says that he is a hard no on Michael Jackson having molested kids. And when he said that, in my mind, I was like, Ugh, I think I may have physically rolled my eyes. Because you have been very staunch against Michael Jackson. Outspoken. And, and even on the day that he died, I believe you made a Facebook post about you know something terrible good riddance good riddance you fucking child molester all these people are crying and 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 just lamenting the loss of of what they considered an american treasure Mm -hmm. and i was angered by that yes well the case that brian lays out as far as i'm concerned is iron goddamn clad no arguing michael jackson did not molest the two children By whom he was accused or by whose parents he was accused. Right. It's just, it's not, it's not feasible. It's not possible. Right. Well, now you spoiled the episode. I wouldn't have done that except for Brian says he is a hard no. Right. And then he goes on to lay out the case for why it's a hard no. Which is fascinating and filled with awesome, awesome details that I had no idea 
about. And also plenty of Jackson 5 clips. Oh, yeah. Which I really appreciated. Thank you for that. Yeah, it made the episode extra, extra entertaining. And, you know, Brittany and I were talking about this today because in class, Brittany's professor, who did they play? Like, before class, they were playing a song. And I, I think it was Marvin Gaye. Yes, it was Marvin Gaye. And there were people in your class... Who did not know who Marvin Gaye who was. Who didn't know who Marvin Gaye was. Yeah. What in the fuck? Are you, that is beyond me. So anyway, I, I'm digressing a little bit here. Michael Jackson's one of those characters that... Every, it doesn't matter who you are or even what age you are. Right. If you're eight years old, you know who Michael Jackson is. Right. Or was, mm-hmm. as it were. And he's just one of those characters. And... I guess I'm apologizing to Michael Jackson posthumously because I feel you, when you brought that up today, you reminded me that I did that on the day of his death. Mm-hmm. And it was shitty of me because I, I it was a giant. I, it was terrible what I said. Well, I think I think people tend to believe children. Right. So a child says this. You believe them. But when you listen to Liar City, you will see that it wasn't the child who was initiating the claim. And right. um, it's it's very disturbing. And it really makes you feel for Michael Jackson because they, they didn't get too much into this on, on Liar City. But he was abused by his dad um, very badly. Yeah. And then he went on to become an adult in a very difficult way. I mean, he's Michael Jackson. You're growing up being Michael Jackson since you're a very young boy. That's the thing. It's not like he became Michael Jackson at age 25. He was always Michael Jackson. Right. It wasn't, oh, Mikey, it's Mike. It's little Mikey. Hey, little Mikey, you want to go play on the swings? It's goddamn Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. Right. And so his dad, you know, abused him. Then he grows up to be this adult. And then everyone wants to take advantage of him because he's Michael Jackson. And who can you trust? And then these people are making up stories and trying to hurt you. And you're already kind of a strange character. So people believe these rumors. And it just is a bummer for him. Look, I don't think you can be that talented and be a normal cat. I think you're kind of weird just because you're... You've been, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing, but you've had this talent and this ability just bestowed upon you by Mother Nature, and it, it I think it fucks with a person. It's like how I feel about actors. <laughs> Lately, you have been a little weird about actors. I get a little freaked out when they're too good. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you're, something's off there, All I right. think. Why uh, we, are you so good at your job? We, we'll talk about movies later. <laughs> Let me, I just, I really, I want to, if you are not subscribed to Liar City, do yourself a favor and take a ride a ride in my world because I love that show and Brian and, and the gang, they do, uh, fuck, an exemplary job. So one more thing. I, I'm trying to S Brian's D here. You're Give doing a great second. job. You're doing a great job. So <laughs> I want to say one more thing, though, yeah. because it's critical of you and we have to talk about this. Um, you course. you made that Michael Jackson post when he died and you didn't have all the facts. Yeah, I know. Like you didn't know for sure. And you just ran with this. I thought I knew. You didn't. And you're right. I was very shitty. But you know what else? I changed my mind when I had evidence, new evidence. I know. I can't beat you up too much because you did. And I'm, I'm to the world, 
to the goddamn world, I am I'm admitting my 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 faults. And I, I will ad- I will admit that I did believe the allegations against him, but I wasn't vocal about it. Um, so I I can't be forced into apologizing for anything because I didn't put myself out there. <laughs> wow. I wasn't how, honest. How awesome of you. Um, how big of you. But it does make me kind of rethink things like the Woody Allen thing and yeah. uh, things like that. Although he for sure did marry his stepdaughter. Yeah. His young, young Asian stepdaughter. Yeah. It makes you just kind of pause and think maybe I need to reconsider make sure I have the evidence before I believe things I don't know it really did give me pause that I need to do a better job of analyzing and seeking out all of the evidence and not just making a circumstantial judgment and especially this kind of crime and you want to side with the kids and you want to be like okay we are on your side yeah you know yeah so it's hard again go subscribe to liar city and you'll get a discount on the free podcast when you tell them that Jesse from My Data with Dollamore sent you. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to a little a little uh, listener communication. We got a voice memo from Devin. And here it is. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Devin from Cleveland, Ohio. I've been listening for a few months now. I originally found you guys after Ryan, the lovely and talented Ryan Bell was on the show. And I absolutely love it. Uh, I want to thank you guys for what you do. Uh, it's so it's so great to hear you guys helping to move the conversation forward. I totally agree with Jesse that people who aren't thank willing you. to discuss controversial topics that people have strong opinions on are pussies. But at the same time, it's also really great to hear a, a show that isn't just focused on atheism, but is also willing to just bring up and talk about and express anything interesting or important that you, you think guys think is going on. So thanks again. Uh, love the show. It's so much fun. I, I usually listen in the evenings while I'm at work. And uh, I just wanted to remind everybody, in case they forgot, Jesse was a Marine, everybody. And, <laughs> you know, Brittany, you're the best part. Oh. Uh, Look that, at that. That's becoming a fucking thing. That is becoming a thing. Thank you, Devin. We appreciate the communication. And also, look, we I love hearing from our audience. And I especially love kind of hearing how, I'm sure I've talked about this before, but how different listeners come about finding us Mm -hmm. i i I love that so if you're ever on twitter and you just like to share with us how you found the show it's i doubt it what's our twitter i doubt it podcast i doubt it podcast (laughs) all right next up is a message from mallory and i believe this one is a continuation of our gun control talk that we've been having over the course of the last several episodes Hi, Brittany and Jesse. Did you just do that or did... No, she wrote it. I'm first. Really? Yeah. Wow. In regards to the gun issue, I have a question to propose to Jesse, hopefully to make him think of it in a different way. When the topic of the dentist that killed the lion was all over the internet, Jesse said that he was outraged that people were harassing the dentist to an insane amount that basically showed the public doesn't value human life over an animal's life. When Jesse brought up that point, it made me open my eyes. Yes, we should value human life above, I would say, pretty much all. With that said, can that not be applied to the gun issue today, that we should value human life over the right to own a gun? This is a general statement. I have no proposal about what to do on the issue. Just a thought. Love the show. Brittany is definitely the best part. Did you add that? No, it's written. 
God damn it. Well, I guess it's fucking officially a thing. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mallory. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. <laughs> well, to answer your question, uh, I do believe that this argument is about valuing life. However, it's also about valuing liberty and freedom and our Constitution as a ruling document. And Joe Blow, who lives next to me, who's a hunter or wants to have a pistol in his, in his home or an AR-15 for that matter, to defend his home, um, he's not doing anything to harm anyone. Therefore, he's a law-abiding citizen. Therefore, he's not taking any life in a criminal or undue manner. So he's not at issue. But my issue is not with him. My issue is we have to do, we have to act intelligently about how we deal with our gun policy where we respect both the lives of the potential victims and also the liberties of law-abiding Americans, people who aren't doing anything wrong and will never do anything wrong with the guns that they own. I, I'm with you, Mallory. I certainly respect life. I just think we need to be very, very careful about how we address a problem that clearly needs to be dealt with. And I'm also with you that I just, I don't know what we should do yet. Maybe I should get some genius congressman on the show who has a plan. A what? Yeah, I guess those things don't really... <laughs> a genius congressman probably doesn't exist. I mean, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for... Listen, thank you. I, I appreciate every message we get, and I certainly want to respond to everyone. And I, I hope I answered somewhat... Appropriately. Yeah, I hope in so. In a way that is satisfactory. Just know that, listen, I'm not, your your opinion doesn't fall on deaf ears. I'm not just like anything they say. If someone brings me an argument, a, a position, I'm not just going to dismiss it out of hand. Because, listen, I think that there is power in this conversation. I think that there is power in in our audience. And that through a conversation, it's very likely we could come to some kind of conclusion. Mm-hmm. And this problem could very well be solved. Right. It's just not going to be solely from me because I'm just not that smart. <laughs> Love the show. Brittany's the best part. No, you Clearly. can give you can give yourself more credit. It's just a very it's a very difficult issue. Right. Well, since Brittany is the best part, seems to be a mantra now. We got a tweet from someone, from Sam, I believe. Yes. And he, I think he's going to settle this matter once and for all. And Brittany says that he, he's, uh, he's being very gracious to me. So let's hear it. He says the show wouldn't exist without Jesse. Ha ha. You hear that? But Brittany tempers the mood and improves the listenability. Tie game. That's, I think, that's not super complimentary to me. I think that's pretty fair. That's yeah. Jesse created a podcast, but it would be terrible and unlistenable without Britain. <laughs> no, well, we both we both had the idea. We both had the idea to create the podcast. We did. So we share that. We we did. You do a little bit more work than me on the the back end of things. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair too. 
Uh-huh. And that's about it. Let's proceed. All right. So so you think it's uh tie ty- all tied up or whatever he said. Yes, I think we both have our strengths. <laughs> we both have our weaknesses and we balance each other out pretty well. You mean like every human being on the planet we both have our strengths and both have our weaknesses? What am I, Superman? I only have strengths. He has the whole kryptonite thing, though. He has weaknesses, too. You know. I don't understand what's happening right now. Non-fictional character, Superman. (laughs) Can you explain to me what's happening right now? I don't know. Okay. All right, let's move on before this spirals way out of control. Let's do it. So, with all the problems that the government has been having, the United States government has been having relative to emails, it appears that it... Those problems don't just reside with former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. It looks like uh, the CIA chief is having his own issues as well. Federal authorities are investigating the claims of a high school student who says he hacked the personal email account of the CIA director, John Brennan. That's what a law enforcement source is now telling Fox News. The New York Post newspaper first broke the story, which is sort of a corporate cousin of ours. Fox News cannot confirm the details. But here's what we have from the Post. A teenage stoner, as the tabloid puts it, (laughs) tricked a Verizon employee into revealing Brennan's personal information. The teen says that's how he got into the account. The hacker says that the CIA director had information stored on his personal AOL account, which reportedly included private data on intelligence officials, even a document on interrogations. Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew DiPolitano explained why these allegations are so serious. If it happened, then we know that Director Brennan kept top secret information on his, again, if, on his personal email account, which is, as you say, a violation of the federal law that requires people who have possession of top secret information to keep it only in a secured government venue. The failure to do that is a felony. Meantime, the CIA has since released a statement saying, and I quote, we are aware of the reports that have surfaced on social media and have referred to and have referred the matter to appropriate authorities. Trace Gallagher has the latest on this AOL account, and he is live in our West Coast newsroom. What else do we know about this high school kid there, Trace? Well, Sheppy hasn't given his name or where he lives, but on a social media account that we have not confirmed, he says he was motivated to go after the CIA director's account because he's opposed to U.S. foreign policy and supports Palestine. Even though he says he's not Muslim, his Twitter page reportedly includes includes quotes from the Quran and about Allah being the one true God. He also mentions owning John Brennan of the CIA and refers to himself and a classmate that he smokes pot with as CWA or crackers with attitudes. There's no explanation about exactly what that means. But the teen apparently (laughs) called the New York Post to brag about his exploits and even posted documents and part of John Brennan's contact list on Twitter just to show up. Wow. But it was more than just John Brennan's You've Got Mail account, right? Right. Not only did he, uh, this pot-smoking high school hacker, reportedly compromise the CIA director's account, he apparently prank-called John Brennan repeatedly, even once reciting the director's social security number to him. (laughs) To hack the accounts, he told the New York Post he used a tactic called social engineering, where he tricked the Verizon workers into providing CIA director Brennan's personal information. Then he tricked AOL into resetting his password. 
Verizon just released what is very much a non-statement saying it takes the security of customers very important and is very seriously investigating this hack. So far, AOL has said nothing. The hacker also apparently got into the Comcast account of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson and listened to his voicemails. Chuck. Should have been texting anyway. Trace, thank you. Trace Gallagher on the West Coast there with all that great stuff. I guess the only thing left to do would be get that kid a fucking job application. They need to hire that kid. They do. He doesn't need to be prosecuted. He needs to be congratulated for his (laughs) skills and give him a goddamn job. Yeah, it is pretty impressive. Even if it's under the guise of keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Right. I mean, it's a little problematic that Allah is the one true God. You you know, you got to vet him that way because that's a little nutty. I ain't no more nutty than Jesus Christ being the one true God. There we go. But it's all pretty nutty. So I was waiting for you to... Uh, Step on my dick? No. <laughs> um, it is, I mean, I guess it's difficult to say impressive because this is not a good thing to do, right? I mean, it's Im- impressive doesn't have to be, you know, scoring a 10 at the Olympics on the balance beam. It, right. It, some things that are nefarious and terrible are also... Holy shit. You know, they are yeah. awesome in, in the true sense of the word. Yeah. Not just oh, yeah, awesome, man. Pretty. Do, do I have to go on about? No, awesome? I think <laughs> I think I think we get it. Right. I think you cleared it so, up. So goddamn that kid is on point. <laughs> and what in the hell is the CIA director doing with an AOL ac- account? Yeah, that's very strange. You got mail. I mean, is it 1996 and I didn't know about it? It does Gmail have like 90% of the email business going on cuz yeah. it seems like everyone that I know has Gmail. I know someone with a Hotmail account still. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common I think too. Yeah. Hotmail. That's the Microsoft version. Okay. Of Gmail. And it was the first. I have Gmail and I hate Gmail, just so everyone knows. You hate their folders. System. They don't have folders. They have yeah. labels, but they all stay in your inbox, and that's not helpful. I want folders. Brittany wants folders, Gmail. Get to work. They won't listen. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. We would also like to take this time to say thank you to Joseph, Nikki, and John, our newest, newest, newest. <laughs> Our newest Patreon supporters, you guys are awesome. You're joining the army. I don't know if I want to put in those those texts. We are taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, you're you're joining the conversation. You're helping us move the conversation forward. You are 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 making your mark and allowing us to create those bonus episodes. If you have suggestions relative to more more bonus episode content outside of debates. Let us know because we we enjoy doing that, and um, you guys are awesome. We love you very much. Yes, you guys are awesome. Thank you very much. What would our fans be called? What would the listeners be called? So, like Taylor Swift has like Swifties or something. 
Why don't we just use that? Swifties. Swifties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like don't even nick- know if that's right. Like but. a like a nickname? You mean like? Uh, I mean, like dogma debate. They call their listeners fours or something. Fourth, fourth listener. No, like it needs to be a play on the name. I, I can't think of other musical artists. Well, why don't we ask the audience? We have a creative like audience. Like Beliebers. God damn. Why are you picking the worst people? <laughs> These are the only ones I can remember. All right. Well, let's ask the audience. If you have a suggestion for a nickname for <laughs> listeners to Idata with Dollamore, 657-464-7609 or idoubted at dollamore.com or, of course, just at idoubted podcast on Twitter. Let us know. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Well, I still need a fucking tootin' my own horn sound other than the one that I make with my mouth. (laughs) You really do. It shouldn't be that hard for someone to send in a horn uh, drop for you. Well, if somebody has... Cough, cough, sable. Um... (laughs) should be pretty easy for some people he's a fucking horn player too yes but i know several horn players you do i don't know if, if like well the, the the opening music and the closing music that you hear is from a a i almost said local band but they're buddies of mine from from a band that used to be called the percolators in boise idaho and that is the intro to one of their songs that i just Yoink! I mean, I asked permission, and they they gave, granted me permission to use it. Mm-hmm. But it was a ska band, and there's two different dudes in the band that are on the horn. I know dudes who are very good horn players. Well, why aren't any of these many horn players that you know sending in a tootin' of the horn drop for I you? I think it's because all my friends hate me. That must that's the only explanation I can come up with. You know, with. I think you're getting real down on yourself. You better get it together. Let's 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 see what you need to toot your own horn about. Well, Joe Biden. Oh, right. Joe Biden is not running. Please, please sit down. Uh, Mr. President, uh, thank you for lending me the Rose Garden for a minute. It's a pretty nice place. <laughs> As my family and I have worked through the... Uh, the grieving process. Uh, I've said all along uh, what I've said time and again to others, uh, that it may very well be that that process, uh, uh, by the time we get through it, uh, closes the window on mounting a realistic campaign uh, for president, that it might close. I've concluded it has closed. I know from previous experience that there is no timetable for this process. The process doesn't respect or much care about things like filing deadlines or debates and primaries and caucuses. But I also know that uh, I could do this if I couldn't do this if the family wasn't ready. The good news is the family has reached that point. But as I've said many times, my family has suffered loss and uh, and I uh, I hope there would come a time, and I've said this to many other families, that sooner rather than later, when uh, 
When you think of your loved one, it brings a smile to your lips before it brings a tear to your eyes. Well, that's where the Bidens are today. Thank God. Bo, uh, Bo is our inspiration. Unfortunately, I believe we're out of time, the time necessary to mount a winning campaign for the nomination. But while I will not be a candidate, I will not be silent. I intend to speak out clearly and forcefully to influence as much as I can where we stand as a party and where we need to go as a nation. So he still wants the spotlight, although he's not going to run for president. Mm -hmm. In the spirit of this, prior to him announcing that he wasn't going to run, he gave Hillary Clinton a little bit of grief about her comments during the debate that the Republicans were her biggest or her proudest enemy. Right. He said, quote, it is possible, it is necessary to end this notion that enemy is the other party. End this notion that it is naive to think we can speak well of the other party and cooperate. What is naive is to think it is remotely possible to govern this country unless we can. That is what is naive. How can you govern this incredibly diverse democracy without arriving at a consensus? It's simply not possible. I don't know about a consensus, but certainly a compromise. And by declaring, by li- when you are asked the question, who's the enemy that you've made in the course of your political career that you're most proud of? <laughs> and we talked about this on the bo- bonus episode. And she names the Republican Party. That that's a, That is not a good sign that she is able or willing to work with the other side. And I would say the same thing if one of these idiot Republicans were to say that they're most proud of the fact that Barack Obama and his party are their biggest enemy. Right. He also said, quote, it's most important that everyone in this room understand the other team is not the enemy. If you treat it as the enemy, there is no way you can ever resolve the problems we have. And I completely agree with that. I mean. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's also good that he's coming out and and not just saying it behind closed doors. Well, also think of what happens when someone hears you say that you're the enemy. They, well, they shut down. Right. Not, Do they want to work with you? Yeah, they're not point? extending an olive branch, certainly. No, it's, oh, really? Okay, well, F you then. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's the way it it's is. It's just not helpful. Yeah. So that is uh, Jesse's <laughs> horn tooting moment. Although I think there might be one more. Uh-oh. I think there might be one more. The other person who is not deciding not to run, but deciding they're not going to run anymore, is... Who is it? Jim Webb. Jim Webb. I also... Not like I'm some magic pro- prognosticator. The fucking writing was on the wall with this one. But Jim Webb has decided he's going to quit the race. And he is kind of a whiny weirdo. Some people say uh, I'm a Republican who became a Democrat, but that I often sound like a Republican in a room full of Democrats. Jim Webb says he's ending his Democratic bid to become president, not because he could not raise the money or climb the polls. 
He says it's because other candidates for the two major parties have sold out and catered to the far left or right. Well, I'm going to pause that because this clip is from USA Today. And is this narrator, is he fucking drunk? Because he's a slurring, ah, he's He's just trying to make it more exciting for everyone. (laughs) He's keeping me guessing. But we need to be honest here, because the very nature <laughs> of our democracy is under siege due to the power structure and the money that finances both political parties. Our political candidates are being pulled to the extremes. They're increasingly out of step with the people they're supposed to serve. Webb is quitting the Democratic primary, but he says he's not yet ready to announce an independent bid for president. He's using the coming weeks to talk with possible supporters. Independent efforts for president have failed badly in the past. Should the polls hold up and Hillary Clinton becomes the nominee for the Democratic Party, Donald Trump becomes the nominee for the Republican Party, could you see yourself supporting one of these two candidates? I honestly, if if we ran a, an independent race that, that worked and got traction, I honestly could see us beating both of them. Jim Webb was averaging about 1% in the polls. His campaign had raised less than $700,000 when he quit the Democratic primary race. Did you hear what he said there? He says, well, I could really see if we started an independent campaign and it got traction and it really took off, I could see us beating both of the other candidates. Really? You mean if you, if I, well, listen, Brittany, and I'm talking about my candidacy for president mm-hmm. the Dollamore candidacy perfect listen i could really see that if i was number one in the polls and everybody loved me uh-huh. that i would win and i would be president Th- that's ultimately what he's saying yeah what a fucking jackknife who is this guy well it's also difficult because he he said you know americans are neither republican or democrat i will never change my views in order to adopt a party platform Except for you were trying to be the Democratic nominee. Right. And you would have to back the party platform. Right. Which is voted at the the convention for your party. You know. Where you receive and accept the nomination. He was complaining a lot. So he, he was, you know, this debate. They're against me. They're not letting me talk. Right. Just the, from well, the beginning. He also only raised less than... $750,000. Oh, wow. Ber- Bernie Sanders raised double that in the first hour after the debate. Yeah. Double that amount in only an hour after the debate. So, come on. He was, an, he was, a, he was inevitable. So, in other political news, Jimmy Kimmel had Donald Trump booked on his show because Jimmy Kimmel is right now in New York. Brooklyn. Yeah, he's in Brooklyn. I believe he was born there. Oh, was, uh, was he? Yeah, he was raised in Vegas, but I think he, he's born oh, okay. in New York. And uh, Donald Trump canceled on him. Mm. So Jimmy Kimmel took the opportunity to do what he does, and he made a few jokes. You know, Donald Trump was supposed to be here tonight. Um, <laughs> and now he's glad he didn't come, I guess. <laughs> 
Last night, his people called late last night and canceled on us. They were a little bit, they were cryptic as to why he canceled. They said he has a, a major political commitment, but he did want me to relay the message to you that if he had been here, he would have been great. <laughs> I have, I'm dying to find out what this major political commitment was. Usually it means he had to go on CNN and call someone an idiot or something, but why did he cancel? We told him there were cameras here, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Our Tuesday nights of the night, he, he volunteers down at the orphanage. But don't worry, tonight we're going to give everyone in the audience a uh, basketball dipped in cologne so you can ex fully experience what it would have been like had Donald Trump been here. Okay? I will say, the good part about Donald Trump being he, not being here is we don't have to build a wall around Guillermo tonight. Where is Guillermo? So the one question I have after this is something that gets mentioned here and there. Now and then, Jon Stewart used to talk about it occasionally. And it's this tie of Donald Trump to a wearing cologne. Mm -hmm. He must wear a noticeable amount of cologne. If it's a point of description... If you wear a normal amount of cologne, it's not going to be something someone mentions. That's right. I think you're right. About you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He must be a tremendous. I'm fantastic. I got my cologne on. <laughs> he must wear a lot of fucking cologne, that right? That was less Donald Trump and more Tony Soprano. Yeah. Kind of New Yorky guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, and you I, know what I feel about cologne. Right. You do not like it at all. You do not wear it at all. Men shouldn't wear cologne. That is what you say. Yeah. That's what you say. Well, I I believe a man... Listen, it's biological. <laughs> it's upper paleolithic. It's evolutionary. Mm -hmm. Men have a smell that it's... Whether it be pheromones or whatever, that women are naturally attracted to. Okay. Well, I'm not talking about... You know, reaching in, in your crotch and wiping grundle butter. Oh my! Oh my! Behind God. your ears. I'm just talking about your natural. You know. You know. And I'm not talking about bo. I'm just talking your normal, your normal thing you have going on. This needs to have a double explicit button. Is, on is it. naturally attractive to women. Okay. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, <laughs> who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and, and analysis. Gross. I don't know about that. So anyway, what I was going to say so is... So is it the grundle butter that you, you take issue with? So... Or is it the natural musk of a man? So... <laughs> you know, there are issues where I'll be at school and I'll get into the elevator... And it's almost as if someone has sprayed the cologne in the elevator. And like a lot of it. But I don't think that that's something that, that someone would do. I think that there are people who wear so much cologne that wherever they go, they leave a cloud of it. Well, they're just hanging in the air. They're nose blind because they've become desensitized. Desens that's a tough one. Desensitized. Des desensitized. Mm -hmm. I almost said desensitized. Uh-huh. Sent sensitized, Jesus Christ, they've become nose blind because they're desensitized. Okay. We're done. Yeah. Everybody done. knows what I mean. Yep. <laughs> and that must be it because 
it doesn't smell good to anybody else in those quantities. So anyway, M- Donald Trump must be one of those cologne guys. So he bailed at the last minute and yeah. claimed that he had some very important political engagement. But isn't he hosting Saturday Night Live? Um, I don't know if that's going to end up going through. That that's there are some legal ramifications surrounding that because a network can't give a bunch of airtime to one particular candidate and not equal not during presidential election season and cycle. They can't do that. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, next up on the docket is something that's a little surprising. It might not be to you, but it was to me, is that George Bush made a statement to a group of supporters that he just doesn't like Ted Cruz. George W. Bush slamming Ted Cruz, the firebrand Texas senator gunning for his old job and running against his little brother, Jeb. The former president surprised a room full of donors in Denver Sunday night, saying of Cruz, I don't like the guy. So just how concerned is George Bush about Cruz, a man who once worked for him? Cruz even met his wife during Bush's 2000 campaign. When asked about the remarks, a spokesman for the former president didn't deny them, but did say the first words out of President Bush's mouth on Sunday night were that Jeb is going to earn the nomination, win the election, and be a great president. He does not view Senator Cruz as a serious rival to Governor Bush's candidacy. And it took Jimmy Cruz Carter. begs to differ, saying to in a statement, it's no surprise that President Bush is supporting his brother and attacking the candidates he believes pose a threat to his campaign. While he's trailing Jeb Bush in most recent polls, Cruz is holding his own when it comes to fundraising, bringing in $12 million in the third quarter, just behind Bush's $13.4 million. And publicly... Cruz is also attracting some top dollar donors, like billionaire Texas brothers Ferris and Dan Wilkes, who've given $15 million to Cruz's super PAC. And fundraising will be key if Bush wants a real shot at being the nominee, especially in the face of weak poll numbers. Here's, here, it's kind of a quandary because I agree with both. I agree that George W. Bush doesn't like Ted Cruz, and he's finally free to say it. I just don't like the guy. <laughs> and and but I also agree that Ted Cruz is right, and that you know he's just he's able to say it now because he's d- trying to discredit the other candidates in the race who are running against his brother. But I I do believe it's earnest when he says I don't like the guy. Yeah, I like how Politico interviewed some of the donors that were there to witness the situation, and this was one reaction. I was like, holy shit, did he just say that? <laughs> I remember looking around and I'm seeing... I'm drinking water. <laughs> I remember looking around and seeing that other people were also looking around surprised. <laughs> well, it's not George W. Bush's <laughs> style. Even when his supporters have, have called upon him to criticize his successor, Obama, he has done the classy thing and said, no, I'm not going to criticize a sitting president you know, he's he's no Jimmy Carter who fucking loves to do that. It's it's kind of a tradition for former presidents to keep their mouths shut and not criticize the the current president. Yeah. Mainly because I, mean, you know, I think they all understand the job's tougher than everybody fucking thinks. And it's best just to stay out of it and let the guy do his job. I mean, it's also it's hard to argue with George W. Bush here because 
you know, Ted Cruz does just rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Well, I can't. I don't blame him. I really don't like the guy either. Who who can blame him? So. All right. Well, speaking of the guy who took over for George W. Bush, Obama recently was on. I believe he was at a high school. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But he he talked about something. He addressed something. I'm very happy he did. It's something we've talked about on this show, how on college campuses across the United States, they they disinvite people who don't agree, who have even they'll even disinvite other liberal points of view if they are too critical of Islam and, you know, Brandis University disinviting uh, Ion Hirsi Ali. All these types of things have been going on. And Obama actually had something awesome to say about that. I've heard some college campuses where they don't want to have a guest speaker who, you know, is too conservative or they don't want to read a book if it has language that is offensive to African-Americans or somehow sends a, a demeaning signal towards women. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, I don't agree with that either. You know, I, I don't agree that you, when you become students at colleges, have to be coddled and protected from different points of view. Anybody who comes to speak to you and you disagree with, you should have an argument with them. But you shouldn't silence them by saying you can't come because, you know, my I'm too sensitive to hear what you have to say. <laughs> Um, that's not, that's not the way we learn either. Is, is, did, did I possess President Obama for a few, for a few minutes? <laughs> you're too sensitive. That's, that's good talk right there. Oh, so that's, you're, you're liking President Obama right now, huh? I'm right this very moment. I am digging Barry Obama. All right. Good to go. Don't you think that's a, one, it sends a message to academia because, you know, largely and roundly, President Obama is loved. Oh, absolutely. By your professors and their professors, mm -hmm. their colleagues. They love this guy. He yeah. is their guy. Yes. And he's chastising them. I wonder, I wonder if this will change kind of the, the standard operating procedure across the country from this shit happening. It'll be interesting to see what happens, although... I think that it's gonna it's gonna be a long process to change the culture on college right. campuses. Well, it's good though because right now um, there are a lot of liberals who are kind of battling against what they're labeling the regressive left, mm -hmm. and I I'm seeing a lot of it in my feed, mm -hmm. my Facebook feed, and it makes me hopeful that there is a change on the horizon and not far, far off. Yeah. So let's get, before we end this Dollamocracy segment, and soon to wrap up the show, let's talk about the CNN, the latest CNN ORC poll, the, the first one post-debate. Interviews with 1,028 adult Americans conducted by telephone by ORC International on October 14th to 17th. Uh, the margin of sampling error for results based on the total sample is plus or minus three percentage points. The sample also includes 956 interviews among registered voters. The sample includes 628 interviews among 
landline respondents and 400 interviews among cell phone respondents. Just to kind of give everyone a background of the sample that we're working with. Based on 291 registered voters who described themselves as Democrats and 134 registered voters who described themselves as independents who lean Democratic for a total of 425 registered Democrats, this question was asked. As you may know, CNN and Facebook held a debate among the Democratic presidential candidates on Tuesday. Which of the following statements best describes you? I watched or listened to all or most of the debate, 31%. (laughs) I did not watch the debate. I did not watch or listen to the debate, but I paid close attention to news stories about it, 38%. Are you fucking kidding me? No. 38%? No. That is embarrassing. I did not watch or listen to the the I did not watch or listen to the debate or pay attention to any news about it. 31%. The, who are these people they're polling? Well, so who, then their opinion doesn't matter. I know, it's pretty interesting. Okay, so based on 163 voters, registered voters who describe themselves as Democrats or as independents who lean democratic and who watched the democratic debate. That's key here. Yeah. Regardless of who you support, which candidate do you think did the best job in Tuesday night's debate? Clinton, 62%. 62%. However, I would say that if you it's it's almost impossible for someone to set aside regardless of who Oh, absolutely. You support who do you think won? They'll say, "Oh yeah, regardless of who yeah, I love Hillary. Yeah, Hillary won." Right. You know. So Sanders got 35%, O'Malley 1%. Web one percent, Chafee asterisk. That that is shocking to me that that Chafee, although he spoke less than Webb, even though Webb complained that he didn't get any time, I thought Ch- Chafee was was uh, coherent and cogent. You know, I thought he come across he came across very well. I thought he did far better than an asterisk. You know. So the other thing that I that I want to make note of here is that there was all that commotion after after the debate. All with, the conspiracy theory people. Yeah, a lot yeah. of memes going around. People saying that oh, oh, oh there were memes. Oh, yeah. then memes are always correct, Brittany. Yeah, <laughs> where people were saying that these big news organizations, CNN, Slate, and I believe Time, were kind of in on this conspiracy because. The polling on those websites was showing that the public believed Bernie Sanders won, but all of the commentators were saying Hillary Clinton won. Right. Well, that's not a scientific poll. That's it's an internet poll. Right. You can go to that poll. You can take it. Then you can refresh the page. You can take it again. Refresh the page. Go again. Um, when when ORC calls you, you are randomly chosen. They've randomly called you. Right. They ask you the question. You can't answer again. There is scientific statistical modeling in place that makes it fair, that makes it even, that that makes it scientific. In fact, I ruined one of those polls on time because I clicked (laughs) on Hillary and then I refreshed it and I clicked on Sanders. Oh, nice. So I ruined that poll. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other people did as well. But the other point is... Or they voted twice for Sanders or twice for Hillary. Right. So the other... Well, yeah. So the other point I wanted to make on that is that people were saying CNN is saying Clinton won. No. People who work for CNN, people who are hired as political commentators, some of those people were saying that Clinton won. 
not all of them were saying that. And then, yes, oh, there's someone who writes for Slate that thought Clinton won. There's someone who writes for Time that thought Clinton right. won. It's not the entire organization that made a unilateral consensus making a decision. No. It's one person. Okay, so continuing with this, which candidates do you think did the worst job in the debate? Uh, Chafee, 43%. Yeah, fucking weirds me out. There's no tooting in my horn right now. Because I was wrong. I thought Webb was dead last. Webb, 31%. O'Malley, 12%. Clinton, 5 Sanders, 2 This is based on 291 registered voters who describe themselves as Democrats and 134 registered voters who describe themselves as independents who lean Democratic for a total of 425 registered Democrats. Regardless of who you are voting for, which Democrat candidate do you think can best handle the economy? Clinton. Health care? Clinton. Race relations? Clinton. Climate change? Clinton. Race, foreign policy race clinton. relations clinton yeah all right i'll go back up yeah, race he, relations clinton 49 percent. sanders 26 percent. wow god damn democrats are dumb and it's basically unchanged since august 13th yeah yeah it was 49 and 25 again if you want bernie if you want others to feel the burn you need to get out there and convince your friends and neighbors your co-workers because his his ride to the top, his ascension is losing steam, and it's up to the grassroots movement to to get him some 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 boost. Here's one that's shocking: income inequality. Clinton forty three percent, Sanders thirty eight percent. That is unbelievable. Although the sampling error is plus or minus five percent, so it is within that kind of range. Right to make him a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's weird. What do you think? 657-464-7609. We definitely want to hear from you on this. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Can I just do two more things? I won't even read the number of people that were in them. I'll just read them real quick. D do your thing. Okay, so if Bernie Sanders was the Democratic Party candidate and Donald Trump was the Republican Party Republican Party candidate, who would you be most likely to vote for? Sanders beats Trump 53 to 44, but Sanders does not beat Carson, according to this poll. That is 46 to 48%. Very bizarre to me. Yeah. I would vote for Bernie Sanders before I would vote for Trump and before I would vote for, for uh, Carson. Hands down, no thinking about it. Bernie Sanders before any e either one of those idiots. So that's very bizarre to me. When am I going to get a call, ORC? Let's yeah, I go. Know. I want to take. A, I want to take an interview. Dicks. I guess that's probably not going to get us a call if I call them names. Well, what, who are these people that still have landlines? I know. That's not seriously. Is it 1996? It's kind of weird. I bet you. I bet you, John Brennan, CIA uh, uh, chief, he probably has a landline. Yeah. With his AOL email. It probably has dial-up to his AOL. And his wife is bitching because she wants to call her sister. And he's on online on the on the, on the the dial-up. Yeah. I think... God damn. <laughs> it was just a lot Love of work. I stopped following Bye. it. It was too much work. <laughs> so I think that... Um, just a little note here. That the sampling... Mm, I can't wait. The sampling of so many landline individuals might skew the data a bit like when it comes to age it's got to be old people right i just i have a feeling i just like hillary clinton <laughs> i liked her husband right 
It's not. You sound like Grandpa Simpson right now. Is his name Ebenezer? Abraham? Abe? Uh, just Homer's dad, Grandpa Simpson. Back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> you do sound like him. All right. Well, let's let's do this for a change of pace to end the program, Brittany Page. Program. So the Oscars are going to be coming up, I guess, relatively soon. It's next year. Well, they're, they're starting to be kind of chatter about the early award season forecasts. Right, because the all the good movies really come out the last quarter of the year. Right, this time of year. And we are in the last quarter. Right, and we never talk about movies on this podcast. I thought you didn't like it when I say stuff like that. Well, now I feel like I have to say it because you always say it. <laughs> And you didn't say it yet. Well, we recently saw The Martian. <laughs> we did. Which w- w- nothing we say going forward will be a spoiler. No. Even though I did probably spoil Liar City. You ruined at, it. At the top of the show. You did. It's still worth listening to because it was fucking awesome. Well, we didn't give any of the details of why. Right, okay. right, right. So anyway, let's get back to this. So so uh, we went and saw The Martian and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, Matt Damon is the star of that movie. I Every time we go see a movie, I rate it on Flixster. There's an app. Mm-hmm. F-L-I-X-T-E-R. Flixster. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's Rotten Tomatoes. And I gave it a four and a half or four star for sure. And then we saw Sicario. Or do you still want to talk about, about uh, The Martian? No. And I gave that a four and a half star. Mm. Real good. Yeah, real good. And Josh then, And then we went and saw Steve Jobs last week. Not good fucking terrible i gave it two and a half stars i think i gave it two stars man no good yeah so i I'm, go ahead well i just want to talk about steve jobs for a second because <laughs> the the main oscar buzz is surrounding who is going to be nominated for best actor right and matt damon it, there's talk about him from the martian yeah, it was being real, nominated. real good he carried that movie because a lot of it's just him alone. Right. But real good. And Michael Fassbender is also being talked about for Steve Jobs. Anyway. And the thing is, I mean, Michael Fassbender did a great job as Steve Jobs. There, there's there's no arguing that. Um, but the movie was just one long conversation happening in a room, in different kinds of rooms. Well, and, you know, every um, movie is kind of that. Every movie is people talking. But this was long monologue type conversations it was one long conversation through different periods of time and in different rooms that's seriously what it is that is it and i know you're saying that most movies are like that but no most movies have other things going on while that's happening i'm saying most people would say well all movies are just people talking but not like this this was done very weird focus of the movie though yeah that's it nothing else was going on there was like we were gonna go see black mass instead and i leaned over to jesse at one point i said we could be watching gangsters (laughs) killing people but right now we're just like listening eavesdropping on this conversation that's happening yeah (laughs) it was lame super super and i'm very disappointed because i'm a big uh Aaron Sorkin fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I enjoy the stylized dialogue and and writing style. Right. Of Aaron Sorkin, and he didn't get it done. Snooze fest. So, 
Uh, Michael Caine is also being talked about for a movie called Youth. Have not heard of it. Okay. Will Smith is being talked about for Concussion. I've yeah. seen previews for it. Great accent, Will Smith. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, it does a good job. Um, Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. Eh, it doesn't look good to me. And Johnny Depp for Black Mass. I haven't seen it, so can't say. But Oh, and I'm leaving one person out. Yeah, of course. I want to talk about You're talking about The Revenant, right? I am. Leonardo Leo, DiCaprio. Leo DiCaprio in the... And listen... This isn't a movie review podcast, but let me tell you something. That looks good as shit. Action-packed. I read an interview today because I'm just that kind of a nerd that reads Leonardo DiCaprio interviews about uh, filming that movie. And apparently he says that the, the, the bear scene that where he gets his ass kicked by the bear, where he gets almost murdered by the bear... That it was it was done through a system of pulleys and ropes, and because he gets fucking his ass kicked, he gets thrown all over the place mm-hmm. by this giant grizzly bear mm-hmm. or Kodiak or whatever. And uh, he says it was the most difficult thing he's ever done in his life. Right. He said those scenes, amongst many other sequences, were some of the more difficult things I've ever had to do in my entire career. But the end result is going to be one of the most immersive experiences audience will ever have with what it would be like to come face to face with an animal of that magnitude that is incredibly primal. Yeah, man. And in the in the preview, you can see that in the, the preview is insane. Every time I watch it, I... <laughs> I'm just speechless. And it's from the director of Birdman. That's right. And he won the Oscar. You were not to, whoever his name is. Yeah. Something real cool and fancy. <laughs> Definitely not, not Brittany not, Page. You're not even going to try it. No. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio also said, I can name 30 or 40 sequences that were some of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. Whether it's going in and out of frozen rivers or sleeping in animal carcasses or what I ate on set, I was enduring freezing cold and possible hypothermia constantly. And what he ate was apparently raw bison liver. Wow. And he's, I think, he's a vegetarian. A veggie, right? yeah, 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 I think he's a vegetarian, but he was so into his role. He's one of those weirdos. Yeah, that he just started like eating this raw bison liver. <laughs> um, and in the preview, you can see it. I mean, he's acting his ass off. Well, he says in that interview that I, we apparently read the same thing because that primal thing I read. And he says in this that the he, one of the takes where he first eats the liver, he's repe- it's a repellent face that he makes. It's so gross to him. And they left that in there because it's so fucking real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Re- what, what did he say? Read the sentence. He says, I certainly don't eat... I certainly don't eat raw bison liver on a regular basis. When you see the movie, you'll see my reaction to it because Alejandro kept it in. It says it all. It was an instinctive reaction. Maybe he loved it. He didn't say he hated it. (laughs) Maybe his reaction was like, yes. Mm, mm. He like (laughs) did the circle rub on his tongue. (laughs) It's his new favorite food. Oh, yeah. Raw bison liver. Mm. All right. Listen, we are going to leave you. Do not forget the earlier, the better. Get your submission in for the Thanksgiving episode. And really, I don't don't wait until the last minute. Don't wait until the last week. Get them in early so I can get put something together for you guys. Well, and like you said, you we've pinned the link to the top of the Facebook page. So you can go listen to the show and kind of get a flavor for what people did. It t- ended up being this very 
moving thing. And it's, you know, we don't expect you to write poems and, and write these amazing things, but people coming together and talking about what they're thankful for is just powerful on its own because yeah, well, you hear different perspectives and you hear different stories. And well, one of, one of the, one of the submissions was from Patreon supporter and listener, Kathy, Mm-hmm. And she talks about having just gotten in a car wreck that week mm-hmm. and she had to kind of check her her gratitude muscle because right. she was so thankful for on the way to the grocery store in her warm car mm-hmm. with heated seats going to the grocery store to pick out any food that she wants. Mm-hmm. Just she's privileged and she's 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 thankful for that right it was such a great yeah it's all but it's, yeah. it's all kind of mundane simple things that you don't think about right and I say this in the clip and if you go listen to it on YouTube you'll hear me say virtually the same goddamn thing but we want to do this again this year and we really want to hear from you so go and do it six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. I would prefer voice memos from your smartphone emailed to idoubtedatdollamore.com. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this, once again, has been I Doubt It. Well, I'm not talking about, you know, reaching in, in your crotch and w- wiping grundle butter. Oh my, oh my behind God. Behind your ears. <laughs> <laughs>